0: Welcome to a special episode of Mayday. I'm your host, Caroline Miller, and today we are discussing everything we know so far about China Eastern Airlines flight 5735. Now, I know I'm a little late to the party on this flight, but I figure that if I missed this news, it's possible that some of you guys out there may have missed it as well. For weeks, the cause of the crash was a mystery. But the pieces are now starting to come together to form a clearer picture of what brought down that Boeing 737 and killed over 100 people. Since this is a developing story and the National Transportation Safety Board and the Civil Aviation Administration of China is still continuing their investigation, today's episode is going to just be a deep dive into what we know so far maybe making a few theories, maybe spitballing a little bit, maybe saying something that's wrong and I'll find out it's wrong in the future and then apologize later. Who knows, but it's going to be just me and you, no guests today, so grab your favorite cup of tea, your favorite cookie, and settle back into a nice cozy chair and let's dive in. On March 21st, 2022, China Eastern Airlines Flight 5735 sat on the runway at Kunming Changshui International Airport with a seemingly normal flight ahead of it. The Boeing 737-89P, part of the next-generation Boeing fleet, was a visually stunning aircraft compared to the planes I think of as an American, because American planes are usually... With the exception of Southwest, they're just kind of like gray and dark blue and maybe a muted red if you're lucky. But this aircraft is fun. This seven-year-old aircraft was adorned with beautiful depictions of colorful birds and feathers, and they just popped against the traditional white base. I think a lot of the China Eastern fleet looks like this, but... I just wanted to make a moment to point out how beautiful the plane was because I just appreciate those details and I need something positive to hang on to before we talk about something super-duper fucking sad. There were 123 passengers on board, including some young children and families, and nearly every person on board was Chinese. Now, let's get to the crew. There were three crew members in the cockpit, five flight attendants and a security guard for what was scheduled to be a relatively short flight. It was just a domestic flight. And our captain, Yang Hongda, had about seven thousand flight hours, a little bit under, sitting precisely at six thousand seven hundred and nine. He had been a pilot with China Eastern since twenty eighteen, so only about four years or so, relatively new to the airline. Not a ton of flight hours, but hey he's captain. And it seems like the real meat and potatoes was with the first officer, Zhang Jinping, who had a whopping 31,769 flight hours and had trained over 100 captains for China Eastern. In fact, he was given the meritorious pilot title of civil aviation in 2011. So this guy has a lot of achievements going on. And this guy's also first officer and not captain, which we will get to later. Our last person in the cockpit was observing second officer, Ni Gongtao, who only had 556 flight hours. And in fact, he was just on this flight fulfilling some training requirements. So that's really heartbreaking. He didn't even have to be here. At 1315, China Eastern took off from Kunming Changshui International Airport with a normal takeoff roll and successful ascent to cruising altitude. But about an hour later, things took a turn when contact was lost with the plane over the city of Wuzhou. At 1422, the aircraft was scheduled to begin its descent into Guangzhou, But instead of a normal descent, something tragic and somewhat unexplained happened. The aircraft plunged from the sky at 29,000 feet as the nose turned down into a steep and rapid descent. There was a brief moment of respite at 7,400 feet where the plane came out of the descent and leveled off, even climbing back up by over a 1,000 feet, back to around 8,600 feet. And, you know, this almost seemed as if there was a technical malfunction that was corrected by the crew. And I imagine a lot of the very scared passengers were relieved at this point, thinking that the danger was over and they would hear a PA announcement any second that would say, sorry about that, we're going to land soon. And this event will become important to our discussion later but after only a moment, the plane plunged again towards the earth, sinking as fast as 31,000 feet per minute. And less than 120 seconds after the nightmare began, it ended. China Eastern Airlines crashed into the mountains of Tang County, killing everyone on board and leaving behind a fiery crater full of bodies, wreckage, and personal belongings of the dead. China Eastern Airlines had not had a crash in nearly 20 years since the crash of Flight 5210 in 2004 when ground crew negligence caused the aircraft to completely ice over and fall from the sky. But now, China Eastern 5735 took the title for deadliest crash in the airline's history. And it's worth pointing out here that China Eastern has a very good safety record. China Eastern has a much better safety record than a lot of the airlines out there. So it's not as if this is yet another bad chapter in China Eastern's history, like it would be if we were talking about, I don't know, you know, American Airlines, for example. No, this is unusual for China Eastern. They have not had a crash in basically a lifetime. So, the local response to the tragedy was thorough and swift. Over 450 firefighters were dispatched to the scene of the accident to put out the forest fire that was growing from the wreckage site. After nearly five hours, the fire was extinguished, which now that I say that, it's actually quite fast considering that there was literal jet fuel on fire in a forest and they put everything out in five hours. Now, once it was extinguished, the rescue crews had the chance to look for survivors. However, the chances of survival soon proved to be about zero. Out of all 132 people on board, not even one person was left intact enough for even a visual identification of a human being. But workers found something critical on the third day of their search, on March 23rd one of the cockpit voice recorders. It was buried in meters of dirt. And almost immediately after their discovery, the search efforts had to be halted due to the heavy rain that was flooding the wreckage, and it was also creating landslide conditions. So they had to go, but they had gathered a good deal of information to process while the rain was clearing up. As far as the wreckage itself went, almost all of it was concentrated in the 100-foot crater that we were discussing before, where the CVR was found. However, they also found a piece of the plane a little over 4 feet long, about 6 miles from the crash site, suggesting that something fell off the plane before impact. Using dental records, all of the passengers were identified by March 29th, and over 49,000 pieces of wreckage were uncovered by the end of the month. Now, China invited the United States to join their investigation on March 23rd, very shortly after the crash took place. Which, you know, makes sense because the aircraft in question was manufactured by Boeing, which, as we all know, is a very American company. The FAA, the National Transportation Safety Board, and Boeing all eventually became involved in the investigation. But the process was slow because the visa processing guidelines and COVID-19 protocols just put a grinding halt to everything. Because of this, all we knew for a long time was that the plane had gone down very steeply and very suddenly. A piece of the plane was apparently detached from the aircraft right before it crashed, and, of course, everyone died. And uh, we also have some videos from that time that people were watching and re-watching, trying to notice if they saw anything, but really in the videos all you see is a plane in a near vertical dive just crashing into the ground, and that's all you can tell. So we were left with very little information for quite some time. So as humans do, when we don't have very much information about something that disturbs us and we're left to our own devices, we just start thinking of our own explanations a lot of people looked at Boeing at first with an eyebrow in the air because this aircraft was not only a Boeing aircraft, but it was relatively new. It was manufactured in 2015, and it was a part of the Next Generation series. And a significant portion of the global population had just watched the documentary Downfall, The Case Against Boeing, on Netflix just a few weeks before this crash. Without going into detail, much detail, the documentary focuses on the MCAS system of the new 737 MAX, which Boeing designed poorly and quickly in a feeble attempt to keep up with the success of Airbus. The MCAS system was supposedly designed to be a safety precaution against excess nose movement that could result in a stall, but it was really just designed, and implemented in haste so Boeing could say, hey, we made a new addition to this aircraft, and hey, look, Boeing made a new plane. Don't look at Airbus's new planes. Look at us. Wow. So, subsequently, Boeing didn't want to train the pilots how to use this new feature because Boeing didn't feel like spending the time and money to do so. So, they just decided... What the pilots don't know can't hurt them, and they just didn't make much of an effort to tell anyone that the feature even existed. This led to multiple crashes with complete fatalities that were all directly tied to Boeing's laziness and lack of training and transparency in regard to the new MCAS system in their new planes. In the documentary, you can also see Boeing employees and higher-ups saying in emails that foreign pilots are, quote, idiots and making fun of them when the foreign airlines asked, hey, we noticed this MCAS thing, can we have training? And Boeing said no, and they made fun of them. This was not a good look for Boeing, to say the least, when that exact same airline that asked for MCAS training had... A flight full of people, hundreds of people, crash into the ocean and die because of the lack of training for the MCAS system. So, again, everyone who really likes planes, or even everyone who is morbidly curious, which is most of the population, they've watched this documentary. Boeing is not in a good place in most people's heads. And now they see, oh, This plane crashed in China and a piece of the plane fell off right before it crashed. So a lot of people are going, I bet this is Boeing because maybe Boeing had cut corners yet again, potentially leading to fatal consequences like they've done in the past. This idea was supported by the research of Sonia Brown, a lecturer of aerospace design at the University of New South Wales, who said that her research suggested that the two likeliest causes of the crash were a tailplane failure, like a rudder or a stabilizer issue, or pilot sabotage tailplane issues, specifically rudders, have been an issue for Boeing in the past, even before the 737 MAX failures. So much so that they have their previously mentioned Wikipedia page of quote, Boeing 737 rudder issues. So it doesn't seem that outlandish that perhaps shoddy maintenance practices combined with shortcomings in Boeing engineering and designs could cause a mid-air tailplane failure at the beginning of a descent and pilot sabotage doesn't make any sense i mean <laughs> why, why why would why would someone do that right right uh, right this is where things get weird Mao Yongfeng, head of aircraft investigation at the Civil Aviation Administration of China, said that there were no dangerous weather conditions and no explosives found that would have caused the crash. In addition, they concluded that the piece of fuselage found six miles away from the main wreckage site was just a winglet and that it had no impact on the airworthiness of the plane. It could fall off and absolutely nothing bad would happen. In fact, it seems likely that the winglet, it's so lightweight, it probably just separated from the aircraft due to the insane speed of descent that the Boeing 737 was experiencing in its final moments. On April 20th, the CAAC released a report based on findings from the CVR saying that all communications between the aircraft and air traffic controllers were completely normal before the aircraft went over Wuzhou and no distress signal was sent out at any point. Most chilling, they found that all of the incoming messages from air traffic control and other aircraft were successfully coming into the cockpit of China Eastern 5735. They were being received, but creepily, whoever was in the cockpit was choosing to never respond. This brings us to the most recent hypothesis, which is that someone in the cockpit intentionally crashed the plane. An analysis of the flight data recorder shows that the plane was intentionally pushed into a dive, briefly pulled back to level out the plane, and then it was intentionally pushed down again. Additionally, the landing gear and the flaps were never deployed, which would have been deployed if the pilot was attempting to do a crash landing or attempting to regain altitude or just do anything to try to save literally anyone. And in other words, none of these precautions were taken. And that means that whoever was doing this was not planning on anyone making it out alive. So this points to two options. Either a pilot did this on purpose, or someone broke into the cockpit and crashed the plane intentionally. Here's the arguments for each one, and these are just my thoughts, so do with it what you will. In support of someone breaking into the cockpit, you could argue that the moment where the plane leveled off very briefly could suggest that maybe a pilot came back and subdued the attacker, got the plane back on track, and then the attacker pushed the pilot down, or something happened so the attacker regained control and then continued the descent into the mountain. Um, there's, to be frank, not much else to support the idea of a passenger breaking into the cockpit, but this idea in an odd way is more comforting than the idea of a pilot dying by suicide and taking everyone down with him because every flight that we get on there's gonna be a pilot because that's how the plane works a pilot works the plane and you get where you're going that's how the whole thing works duh but that happens every time What almost never happens is someone breaking into a cockpit because it's intentionally extremely difficult. So, the idea of China Eastern 5735 being a case of a freak accident where someone broke into the cockpit and brought it down in an odd way feels more comforting because it's so unlikely to happen again. The idea that a pilot, someone that we trust every time we get onto a plane with our lives, The idea that a pilot could just decide I'm bringing us all down, that's incredibly disturbing because you have no control over that. They are behind a locked door that you cannot get into, which brings us to ideas that would support the theory of intentional pilot sabotage. Uh, First, there were no emergency calls that were sent out. And no one claims responsibility for the attack on the cockpit voice recorder. This is, this is very dissimilar to 9-11, where, if you have listened to the CVRs of 9-11, those flights, when the hijackers came into the cockpit, they were loud, there was obvious fighting, there was a lot of talking on both sides, and it was very clear, okay, someone has broken into the cockpit, And this is a very bad situation, and we know what's happening. Now, in here, there's just nothing. There's no sound. There's no emergency calls. There's no struggle. And speaking of struggling, it's extremely difficult to break into a cockpit for many reasons. The door itself, you can't just open it as a passenger. You can't just waltz up and go, like, you have to have some sort of clearance or special permission to enter the cockpit you can't just waltz up and open the door of course and also remember there were five flight attendants who are trained to subdue your ass if you tried to get into the cockpit and in addition to the five flight attendants who are trained to subdue your ass there's also a security guard who is also trained to subdue your ass if you try to get into the cockpit. So, the idea of somebody getting into the cockpit is so difficult, period. And getting into the cockpit with no noise, no struggle, no pushback from the pilot before sending the plane into a death dive, it seems impossible. And most importantly one of the primary factors that could be the reason why this happened is that remember John Jang Ping the very decorated highly accomplished pilot he was not a captain he was a first officer and this was this was new he had been demoted from captain and so now He was sitting junior to someone who had literally less than 20% of his flight experience on that flight. And he may have just snapped and said, well, gave my life to this airline. They're going to treat me like this and I'll just kill everyone and myself, which is a completely evil, sick, and twisted thing to do. And there needs to be more done in the world of aviation to check in on pilots psychologically before they go on a flight like the german wings flight where again a young pilot locked everybody out and he intentionally crashed the plane into a mountain killing everyone on board including a large group of children who were on a school trip his psychiatrist the murderous pilots psychiatrist told him you are not fit to fly but that pilot was given the responsibility of telling German wings, hey, I can't fly because I think I'm going to kill people. And of course, he didn't tell German wings that because why would you make that the responsibility of the homicidal person? They're never going to snitch on themselves. Just like here, you need to check to see if pilots are okay because this is, it's unacceptable. You can't have murder-suicide on this scale. You have to check your pilots to make sure that they're stable. You have to. Okay. A soapbox getting off my soapbox. There, there we have everything that we know so far about China Eastern 5735. On flightaware.com, you can see that the last flight that it was scheduled for, and you can see that it was canceled. And if you didn't know any better, it just looks like any other flight. But we know what we know, so it's pretty creepy. But soon, we'll know more about what happened on this tragic flight, and we'll have another episode on it once the National Transportation Safety Board and the CAAC finish their investigation if you guys would like to hear that. Because this episode does deal with suicide, it would be remiss if I didn't mention the new suicide hotline number. If you or someone you know is dealing with suicidal thoughts or thoughts of self-harm, please call the new three-digit suicide hotline at 988. Again, the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline phone number is only three digits now. It's 988. It's like 911, but, you know, with eights. If you have any information, theories, or general thoughts about China Eastern 5735, feel free to reach out at maydaymaydaypod at gmail.com or give us a DM on Instagram at maydaypod. Until next time, stay safe, don't fly American, and take care of yourself. Bye guys.